Hi, I'm your host, Amy Silverman. Have you shopped for CBD products lately? It's confusing. It's not at all like picking a prescription up from the pharmacy. And with so many options and so little transparency, it's hard to know what you're buying without doing hours of research. I've done the research and I personally love Kanakoru CBD products and I recommend them all the time. So these products were designed by a team of experts, including PhD scientists who founded the first research lab at the University of Colorado, and they mapped the cannabis genome, and then they teamed up with some doctors and organic farmers to produce Kanakoru CBD. And this is full spectrum organic CBD that you can buy online, and you can go to the website and check out their COAs, their certificates of analysis, which show exactly what is in each and every single product. So if you would like to experience the difference of Kanakoru CBD, you can go to kanakoru.org. That's C-A-N-N-A-K-O-R-U dot O-R-G to save 20% off your first order. And you're gonna go to kanakoru.org and use the code ILOVEHEMP20 to get 20% off at checkout. That's the letter I-L-O-V-E-H-E-M-P-2-0 to get 20% off your first order of organic CBD. Medical cannabis. Who knew that a plant could be the cause of so much controversy, discovery, and insight? Whether you're well-versed in the science of the endocannabinoid system, CBD, THC, and terpenes, or whether you're a skeptic curious to learn more about the real-world experiences of medical professionals and patients, we all have unanswered questions about what cannabis does, how it works, and whether it's a safe and effective medical treatment for a myriad of different health conditions. That's why each week on the Cannabis Friendly Guide to Wellness podcast, we'll talk with Dr. Joe Cohen, founder of Holos Health, a medical cannabis expert who over the past 10 years has treated over 25,000 patients with medical cannabis. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Amy Silverman. Hi there. This is Amy, the host of the Cannabis Friendly Guide to Wellness podcast, and I am here today with Dr. Cohen, and I have two guests. Um, I have Dr. Ryan Lynch and Dr. Jeremy Widman, and they are the co-founders of Boulder Hemp. Um, Boulder Hemp is an amazing full-service uh, cannabis hemp operation based in Boulder, Colorado, and both Jeremy and Ryan um, are, are kind of rock stars in the cannabis industry. Um, I, I want to just give you a little background of both of them. Um, so Ryan um, has, you, you earned the first PhD um, in cannabis biology from the University of Colorado, which is, is pretty amazing. Um, and so Ryan's background is in, in cannabis um, genetics and also in breeding. And then Jeremy um, also has a PhD in biochemistry from the University of Colorado. And his focus um, has been more on 
um, RNA and evolutionary um, genetics, as well as um, in medical diagnostics. Um, so I am so excited to have this conversation with you all today. And um, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Well, thanks for having us, Amy. Happy to be here. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a ton of questions to ask you. Um, and I, I want to ask each of you, um, I know you've been doing um, things in the cannabis industry for a long time. And I'm curious how each of you got started in the cannabis industry and became so interested in uh, the cannabis plant. Maybe Ryan, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go. Yeah, I wasn't sure it was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's. I mean, originally I was just interested in plants. I I grew up uh, in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York, which is a uh, not quite technically a temperate rainforest, but it's a very lush uh, mountainous environment where. You can uh, hike through a gradient of elevation and, and just see, you know, multitudes of different ecosystems and different kinds of uh, plant biodiversity. So, I mean, that was really, you know, just curiosity and, and what, uh, what, what really lies outside in the natural world and, and where that all came from that, that uh, started my, you know, long winding route into um, science and academia and eventually um, cannabis. So. Um, Beyond that, uh, once, you know, jump, jumping forward through my life, um, once I got into uh, graduate school, which was uh, predates the time when there was really any academic uh, research in, into can uh, cannabis, at least in, in Colorado, um, I was just generally studying um, evolutionary processes as they relate to uh, both plants and some of the uh, microorganisms that are associated with plants. But um, just kind of due to a, a stroke of luck, and other events during the course of my graduate career, which if anybody's been to graduate school, you know, it's a, a lot happens during the course of uh, five plus years. Um, I just had the, the opportunity to um, get into uh, Nolan Kane's lab, who, who uh, began studying um, cannabis from an evolutionary perspective. And, and that really uh, started my path in, into the, the legalized cannabis industry. Hmm. So in, in terms of the evolutionary perspective, where, how, how cannabis arrived to be the plant that we have today, is that correct? Yeah, well, I mean, what, one of the most curious things that struck me when I, I first started kind of observing what was going on in, in these uh, early state markets were that there was, you know, all this nomenclature around uh, sativa and indica. And if you go visit, um, one of these dispensaries, you'll see just a multitude of, of you know, different looking plants. Their, their phenotypes are, are really diverse. They smell different. They look different. And, uh, of course, along with that comes um, information provided by these growers that these uh, different uh, styles or strains of plants um, may affect people in different ways. So to me, that, that was really curious. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to apply some of the, the standard systematics and evolutionary um, you know, principles to uh, the, the questions with these samples that were in Colorado um, during the sort of mid part of the last decade and see, you know, really, are there multiple species um, present, uh, as some people claim? And, and you know, how, how do those vary both genetically and in their chemical makeup? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I want to come back to that. Um, you were talking about the nomenclature and the terminology that people use when talking about cannabis. And that's a huge question that I want to ask both of you. Um, thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Um, Jeremy, what about you? How did you get involved, you know, so integrally in um, cannabis academically and in the cannabis industry? Yeah, so um, I've always been interested in, in biology and, and, and evolution and, and how, um, how our environment and how our, our food or medicine uh, interact with us. Um, studying evolution and in, in, um, genomic evolution in, in um, humans and microbes and, and graduate school kind of led me down the, the path of um, studying more of the human genome and, and uh, perturbations and variations in, in the human genome that led to certain types of um, heritable or accumulated human diseases. So um, after graduate school, I um, started in a, uh, a little biotech startup in Boulder that was working on um, cancer diagnostics. So I um, kind of did a, a combination of, um, of computer science and biology, which, which had always interested me um, throughout undergraduate and graduate school, and then, and then transferred that into um, molecular diagnostics. So focusing more on the human genome and, and seeing how we accumulate certain mutations and how those mutations are related to certain diseases. Um, one thing that really struck me is, um, especially going down the uh, the cancer uh, diagnostic route, is we accumulate a lot of mutations in, in certain regions, and there's a lot of a lot of cancers that we're identifying, or mutations associated with cancers that we're identifying. So, my question is, uh, what is the cause of this? And, and I think um, we're starting to learn that a lot of these chronic illnesses are related to chronic inflammation, and then. Um, as more and more research comes out about how cannabis um, and, and CBD help uh, attenuate this chronic inflammatory state is, is really what, uh, what struck me is rather than focusing on uh, identifying the diseases that we, that we have as um, a, a possible ability to, to have a regimen that would be preventing these, uh, these illnesses and preventing these mutations from accumulating um, due to this inflammatory, chronic inflammatory state we're in. Um, so that really led me down the, the path of, um, of, of, of hemp and, and, and cannabis in general and seeing how we could um, take what we know about the human genome and take what we know about inflammation and, um, and focus more on like a natural, um, personalized uh, medicine based on cannabis and, and, and other plants and fungi. So that's kind of where we're at hmm. now. And Joe, that's that's so interesting to me because that's right. kind of what you do and your whole uh, perspective on cannabis is regarding the ability of CBD to really combat um, systemic inflammation. Yeah, you know, now I'm coming at it from a whole different angle. I'm coming at it from a physician clinician perspective uh, and having worked with this uh, plant for the last decade. Uh, have learned a lot just from patients and what their experiences are. But yeah, when it comes to CBD, I've said this uh, over and over to patients, uh, and we covered in our podcast as well, but CBD is an amazing anti-inflammatory uh, that has so many positive effects on our health. And as in functional medicine, which I also practice in addition to cannabis medicine, we do know that um, 
uh, inflammation, chronic inflammation is the root cause of, uh, of most chronic disease, uh, whether it be uh, from uh, things such as Alzheimer's and neurodegenerative diseases to autoimmune to you name it. So there's so many uh, arthritis and, and degenerative disc disease. So many of these de- uh, diseases that we see are based on inflammation. And then we get into other talks about uh, how you would use CBD or a full spectrum hemp as part of your treatment to keep your inflammation down as a preventive as well as the nutritional aspects such as decreasing uh, sugars or things that turn into sugar in your diet, which also cause inflammation. So when you combine this plant medicine uh, with a nutritional approach and lifestyle adjustments, it's amazing what we can do uh, to enhance our health and prevent disease. Hmm. Yeah, I am so kind of torn in different directions right now where where to go um, in terms of what to ask you guys next. But one of my um, kind of big questions is what kind of makes um, a cannabis or hemp extract different? Like we we have so many different ways. Let me let me rephrase this. I was I was talking to someone the other day who had a pharmacy background and they they said that cannabis itself is so many different types of medications. It, it can be used differently. And I know, you know, you guys you started Boulder Hemp and Boulder Hemp goes about growing and and processing and extracting um, the cannabis hemp plant differently than a lot of other um businesses. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering if either of you or both of you can give me some more background on kind of how, why that is and what methods you use that are different and, um, and kind of that background. Sure. Um, so there, there's an, uh, as you, as you guys know, there's a number of, of different ways to, to go through the process of extraction, anything from, um, using ethanol. So a lot of folks will use food grade ethanol, it's a strong um, solvent that is um, pulls down both uh, polar and nonpolar things. Ethanol is amphipathic. It's 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 uh, it can can yield a full, more full spectrum extract. Um, we use supercritical CO two. So what that means is, um, in a in an extraction vessel, you you um, you heat it up and you pressurize CO two to form this supercritical fluid that that pulls down the cannabinoids and terpenes as well as some other um, waxes and lipids. Um, something that, that uh, had higher uh, popularity, but it's, it's kind of um, uh, gone away a little bit is hydrocarbon extraction. So that's either butane or propane. Um, the advantages to that is it's selective for cannabinoids and terpenes. The disadvantages is that there can be residual solvents that, um, that might have negative health implications. So that's, um, that's less common um, in the, the more health uh, space. And then um, something else that we implement is a solventless process. So rather than use a solvent to separate the, um, the cannabinoids and terpenes um, from the plant, we, um, we do a mechanical separation. So most of these um, important molecules are concentrated in, in uh, the trichome, which is just a small kind of vesicle that looks like uh, sugar on top of the the, the flower. Um, and what we can do is we can break that little trichome off and sieve it through um, a series of different size um, 
screens and we can separate the, the green chlorophyll filled plant material from the, from the trichomes, which contain the, uh, the goodies. And, um, what that allows us to do is, is to, to take what we consider a full spectrum extract where we don't have any, um, anything left behind. We don't have a solvent that selectively pulls that down. Um, we don't use heat in the process other than to, um, decarboxylate or activate the CBD. And, um, and we believe that gives us, uh, uh, more potent, uh, medicine and a, and a more, um, less refined and more full spectrum extract, which seems to be, um, what is most effective for, for most folks, um, ailments and, and, um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's what, that's what I was, uh, kind of really curious about was the solventless extraction. Um, I, you guys are going to think that I'm a total nerd for saying this, but there's this book that I ordered off Amazon, um, called women and cannabis. And it's like a collection of old, um, academic journal articles. And one of the articles in this book was about a woman in the seventies in the Netherlands who kind of came to the method that you guys are using. I'm sure it's a little bit different, but it's kind of like making hash in a way. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, I can uh, talk a little bit about that, Amy. Um, so I, I've uh, not fully read that book, but I have seen that chapter you're referring to. And yeah, this is not um, a brand new technology or anything. It's it's a uh, it's a very you know old traditional method for making uh, a cannabis extract. So it it also predates um, the woman's product line that you're referring to, and and uh, dates back at least you know into the 1800s when um, farmers would use it at scale. Uh, you know a ver a verify a uh, a modified um, version of, of this method. And they, they would basically harvest a, an entire plant and just uh, basically thrash it against um, some webbing or, you know, kind of a filter. And, and this is uh, one way to knock these trichomes, which are uh, sort of suspended above the surface of the plant, if you were to zoom in with a magnifying glass. So, um, yeah, this type of uh, extraction is, is, you know, goes back uh, at least a couple hundred years, if not further. Hmm. And, um, yeah, we've just been working on refining the process and, and yeah. bringing it back in the face of um, many more complicated uh, processes that, you know, we feel actually add, you know, unnecessary complication and create a product that's overly refined. Yeah, I um, I want to ask you guys a little bit more about your plants. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the type of cannabis hemp plants that you grow? Sure, I can uh, start on, on that answer. And um, really the answer is that uh, it's not, you know, one type. We're always trying to breed and improve and, and select our stock. So at any one time, there's a, um, a large selection of different populations being grown, both in our outdoor fields, which are, you know, what is used to produce um, some of the, the product that, that ends up in the Canacori line. But also we have um, a scattering of, of indoor um, controlled environment grows around Boulder County that we use to help uh, accelerate the, the, the pace of the breeding program. So, um, yeah, we've 
you know, really started out, uh, you know, back in, in the mid uh, part of last decade, trying to evaluate <clears throat> everything that was at least commonly available in the hemp and general cannabis industry. And then um, take all that, take, you know, figure out which ones we like best for different different traits that may either relate to the quality of, of the flower or um, different aspects, um, the way that it, it grows in the field and, and, you know, the way it relates to the natural Colorado environment and select those and, and uh, try to try to uh, propagate and increase the, the quality of, of those traits. Yeah. So what you're saying is that there's different ways to kind of talk about and evaluate the cannabis hemp plant from how it impacts the person utilizing it in terms of the effects it has to how it grows in the ecology of, you know, where, where we are, which is Boulder, Colorado. Um, and so you guys, are you actively also studying um, and you're breeding um, these plants as well? And, and are you still studying them? Yeah, studying them on you know a very detailed basis, and so um, well, I'm not able to go out and collect uh, wild you know cannabis samples from all over Eurasia like I've been dreaming about. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of work that can, can be done both by just uh, characterizing the the traits of plants that we have and that have um, come out of our breeding program. So you know uh, another way to think about it is that uh, every every plant that we cultivate on, on the farm um, uh, is is comes from a seed and so that means that uh, no two are exactly alike so there's a lot to learn um, through the multiple generations that happen per season um, in terms of uh, you know where, where these plants come from originally there's there's information that can be gleaned from some of these breeding projects that way but which is uh, still a, a really big open question, but also uncovering, you know, uh, reservoirs and, and sex of, of, of traits in these uh, populations that have been mixed up so, so much during the era of prohibition. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's massive, massive, like the amount that we haven't learned yet about this plant. Um, and I, I think that if anybody wants to, uh, take Ryan up on his dream there. That would be a really cool, a cool next project <laughs> for you guys. Like you need anything else to, to kind of get busy on. Um, let's see. I, I kind of want to get into talking about the language that we use to describe the, the cannabis hemp plant um, here in Colorado. Um, I guess the big question is, is is there like a correct way to talk about it? I mean, you go into a dispensary and you, there's all these different types of terms. You hear indica, you hear sativa, you hear hybrid. And yet when I talk to people um, who are very knowledgeable about cannabis and its genetics and phenotype and all of this, that they say those really aren't accurate terms anymore. Um, I'm wondering if either you could speak to that question and kind of how, what's the the best, most accurate way to describe some of these plants? Well, that's a big question. So I'll, I'll try to keep it uh, as simple as possible. And um, I mean, the summary is there isn't exactly an agreed upon way to talk about these plants. So certainly it's uh, at least one species um, within the genus cannabis. The terms uh, sativa and indica 
uh, sort of have, have two origins. One is uh, formal scientific taxonomy that actually dates back to the 1700s. And uh, then, of course, there's, you know, the common usage that people use to talk about different uh, strains or varieties of the plants and, you know, how they look or smell or, or feel when they're consumed. And so, as a lot of times with language, you know, the words mean different things to different people. So that creates a lot of confusion. And uh, the reality is, yes, there are, are many, you know, different types of plants out there. There's a tremendous diversity of, of cannabis. It's, it's uh, currently growing, you know, everywhere in the world on every continent other than Antarctica. And it's, it's been spread around through different trade routes for, for millennia. So um, there's a lot of diversity and it's unclear exactly where those different pockets of diversity really originated from. So it, it creates a, a, a real puzzle both for scientists, but it also creates some challenges for um, practitioners and consumers who don't really know uh, exactly what to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have like in our practice, hemp versus marijuana, cannabis versus marijuana and you know, it's, it's comes down to what percentage of the total plant or extract or whatever is THC. And, you know, when he, when I talk to patients, um, they're often very confused, not only about how to talk about it, but why certain things affect them so differently when it's the same plant. Yeah, that's, that's a complicated question. And, and certainly, uh, it's some of it probably relates to different uh, molecules that different types of the plants make. So, um, you know, if you just go through a blind smell test of different flowers that are, are derived from different plants, you're, you're going to pick up, you know, a wide diversity of, of different uh, notes. And um, when you consume those, those certainly may have uh, different effects on, on your body is what I would say. So, I think that's what we need to move towards is uh, describing the chemical composition uh, of the plants as, as best as we can. And then from there, once we get a handle on, on you know, what plants make, which types of molecules and which ratios and quantities, then um, perhaps we can settle on a, a little bit more of a consistent nomenclature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some other terms. Um, Jeremy, I want to ask you about the difference and the definition between genetics and genomics. And what do those things mean um, in relation to cannabis? Right. So um, genomics is is basically the study of of, of genomes. So a genome is is kind of um, the representation of all of your... um, your genes or your, your, your DNA collectively. So, you know, the humans have a human genome and that's what we would say the DNA that is, um, identified as humans. Uh, we have a microbiome, which is, um, organisms that that live in and on us that, that help us with our, um, processes in our immune system and, and, and processing inputs and, and those each have a genome as well. So the genome is just the collection of DNA that we would identify to a, an individual organism. So cannabis genome would be the collection of, of DNA that we identify as cannabis. So um, the variations in 
the human genome would or what caused variations in us we're we're all slightly different and um and the variations in in our genes so um, we would call these uh snips or single nucleotide polymorphisms um or or the the basically it's the um the 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 changes in the sequence of your DNA and the the number of of those genes that that we we identify as something that turns into a or is a recipe for a, a protein or 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 some other sort of um, structural component is what makes us different. So um, we have sensors for the cannabinoids and the terpenes in in our um, genome uh, that are, are recipes for these sensors that. Um, that we use to detect and, and synthesize um, the different cannabinoids. And, and the variations in that from person to person will cause variations in our response to, to phytocannabinoids or the cannabinoids that come from, from cannabis specifically. And, and then if you look at the variations from, um, from one individual cannabis plant to another, those will cause uh, variations in the production of those cannabinoids and terpenes. So there's an interplay of the, of the genome between an individual human and, a, and an individual plant that will yield a response. And, and that's, that kind of gets to your question is how does uh, a different plant act upon an individual differently? And, and how does say uh, one plant make somebody sleepy and, and make another person energetic? And that's just um, can be explained simply by by the variations in in our genome and in our endocannabinoid system, and then in the variations in the, the cannabis plant and and, and the, the synthesis of the cannabinoids and terpenes. Yes, I like. I just had an aha moment while you were talking. So thank you. That that I think is going to be so helpful not only to me in interacting and talking with patients about this, but um, for a lot of people out there who had not on they don't they don't have any kind of framework to understand why this plant that's called the same thing in in all these different forms can affect them so differently and the fact that it goes back to the genetics of their individual endocannabinoid system that we haven't really figured that out yet or have we do you got do you guys have anything to say about like how wh- where are we in our understanding of the endocannabinoid system um, from a, from a genetic perspective? Well, yes, certainly there's, um, so the endocannabinoid system, so endo is, is in, so it's, it's the cannabinoid system that we have, um, in ourselves. So we produce cannabinoids that aren't THC and and CBD. We produce, um, anatomide, for example, is, is a, is a cannabinoid. We produce 2-AG is another and, and, and they act on these receptors. So we have cannabinoid receptors in our body and they are responsible for a number of different processes. Um, you know, we, we know that um, CBD works great for inflammation and, and it's likely because it um, interacts with our, our endocannabinoid system and, and modulates the expression or the transmission of different neuro um, or um, I should say um, um, compounds in, in your body that either produce an excitatory or an inhibitory uh, signal or response. Um, the same thing goes for many folks use CBD to reduce um, anxiety, for example, um, because um, it can act in um, our serotonin receptors. So um, the variation in those receptors and the variation um, 
and the endogenous cannabinoids we produce is going to change the response that we get from external uh, exposure to cannabinoids from from the cannabis plant. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of beginning to understand that, I think, at least from a clinical perspective, we're just beginning to understand that. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, the more we're able to, uh, to study, um, these plants as prohibition is lifting and and we have the ability to, to study, uh, variant types of cannabis, we can, we can dig into the genome of those, those different variant, various, um, cannabis plants or, 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 or families. And, and then, you know, as the, the technology and the price of studying our own genome reduces, we can also look at the variations um, from person to person and, and we can really start to, to dive down in there and see, see what's going on on a, on a molecular level and on a genomic level. Wow. Well, thank you. I, I want to thank each of you, Ryan and Jeremy, for taking the time to come on the podcast today and discuss Boulder Hemp with us and uh, kind of give us some more insight into um, each of your backgrounds and, and kind of why you do what you do. I know that our patients and our listeners um, are going to find this valuable because it, it'll give, give people some insight um, into really what goes into making the CBD products that we recommend. And um, I just want to thank you all for doing what you do. We talk to people every day who get such benefit out of um, your products in particular. So really appreciate it. And it's, you know, it's, it's great to know that it's, uh, the products are getting out there and, and hopefully bringing some, uh, some relief and comfort to people who need it. Hopefully we'll we'll be able to record a, another episode sometime here in the future because I know we have a lot that we could talk about. Great. Well, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate your feedback. So if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, leave a comment. Or if you want more information, you can find us online at www.holoshealth.org. That's Holos, H-O-L-O-S, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, dot org. Thanks. See you next episode.